morning, good morning. Let's get straightened out here. There we go. All right, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Okay. How are you guys doing this morning? Let's uh, let everybody come in. Think of it as, um, oh, I don't know. This is our church, so everybody's coming into the sanctuary, the sanctuary of God. And um, this is no different than a, I guess you could say a physical church, um, actually, if you want to know the truth, because in these last days, which we are in right now, this is how God is getting across his message. This is how God is getting across his information that he wants to give to us so that we can handle these last days. Because folks, there is great persecution coming. And if you're not feeling it now, you will feel it very, very soon. Now, this persecution, I don't want you to freak out and go, David, this is all gonna be, no, 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 no. Through persecution comes courage, comes endurance, comes patience. It, it, it builds Christian character. You say, what do you want to be, some wimpy old Christian and not face any kind of persecution? Think of persecution as working out in the gym with weights. You're, you're, you're tearing your muscle. and you tear it, it gets bigger. Now, do you want to be some wimpy little Christian with no muscles, no Christian muscle, or do you want to, you want to have some muscle? And this is what I'm talking about. It's the joy of persecution, but we're not talking about just that. I want to dive deep into it and find out exactly what God has to say about, well, what do we need to survive these last days? Because if possible, even the very elect would be deceived. Right, Shanita? Yes. Okay, good morning. What's, good uh, morning. We have everybody in chat this yeah. morning. Good morning to Sparkmaker Actual, to Shelly in Texas, to Linda, to Pastor Lee up in Ohio, to Melinda in Kentucky. Um. From all over. Do we have anybody from outside the country yet this morning? I'm expecting. Yeah, we are. And this is the beautiful thing about it. Today in God's church, which I'm excited because we're a part of it, folks, you and I, th this is God's church. I'm telling you, now we're in a church building because we bought this old building, um, which is... <laughs> which will nickel and dime you to pieces because you're always, we're always fixing it up and trying to make it appropriate for God. But we are in a building, but you wouldn't, I'm in the back of the building right now, okay? So it's not the building. You and I are the building. You and I are the church, but it's how the church meets and operates and functions today. And this was God's plan. This was God's plan from the very beginning. He knew this was gonna happen. He knew that you and I, and God would connect this Sunday morning um, on the 11th day of November, 2022. He knew this would happen. Mm -hmm. And he is yeah, he's so excited about getting across his word and his information. Welcome, davidhevener.tv uh, subscribers. If you're not on the other platforms and you're looking for a platform, you can go to davidhevener.tv, sign up, and uh, please support the channel. If you I think would. I just heard England come in the door. All Welcome right, we've got England. UK. Yes. All right, who do we have from England? Well, I would call it good day, howdy friends, if I could um, <laughs> interpret, but maybe you'll tell us. 
Okay. Is that is that his name? Good day, howdy friends. <laughs> good, good day, howdy friends. There in England. Good to I'll see you. Coming. Mm-hmm. We got Brother Abraham coming in here this morning. Um, and um, do we have that thumbnail up? We do. Uh, we do. And and yeah. Abraham made that thumbnail. Thank you, Abraham, for making the thumbnail. Um, yeah, so just, just like, can yeah. I, um, so Friday night, your topic really fascinated me because it was really significant to go around the circle and even the eight and 11 and 14 year olds share the role that God has given them in our body. So this morning, it's the same way. You have a role. Abraham has the artistic design mm -hmm. role. And, and you have a role. I'm happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious. Well, Pennsylvania, Nebraska, tell us what your roles in the body are. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna ask you guys, what is your purpose in Christ? You can put that in chat. You can even email me at david at davidheavener.com, but Friday night we had a get together, and by the way, if you wanna come and be with us in person, we're meeting in Jeffersonville, Indiana at this old church built in 1884 that I believe God gave us. Uh, he didn't give it to us, we had to buy it, but. Um, but, but he brought it into our lives and we're utilizing it. And we all met in, in a circle, okay? Because God said, form a circle. And we went around and each person um, identified their purpose uh, in the kingdom. In other words, their life's work. Now, not everybody said it exactly because we're all stumbling. There's some people out there uh, including myself at times, that we don't know exactly what our purpose is. We don't know exactly what our role is, but it's a, it's a journey. It's an ever unfolding um, uh, journey of understanding of what God gives us. So I want you to put in chat, are you a prayer warrior? Are you an encourager? Uh, or do you do deliverance? Um, do you, are you in a healing ministry? Are you... Uh, in evangelism, which by the way, everybody should be an evangelist. You're all someone, everyone is someone's last evangelist. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, and speaking of that, Shanita, we're doing episode two of Last Evangelist. Every time you rewrite it and I get to type it, I get more and more excited. I mean, it's, it's getting better with every no. rewrite. Well, thank you. <laughs> it, it deals with what, what's <laughs> gonna happen um, with this uh, vaccine, the virus and stuff. What does the world look like? And um, so if you'd like to help, if you'd like to help out, if you'd like to pray for us and also uh, financially bless us, because that's how we're raising money to do it, you can go to lastevangelist.com and get involved in episode two. Um, you can be an actor, you can be a producer, whatever. Um, okay, so we're waiting for everybody to get in the house here in these. Well, uh, from England, you're telling me you're a scholar and Daryl, you're saying you are a watchman. And Pastor Lee, your purpose is to share the self, God's plan of salvation with the masses. Wow, awesome, awesome. So we have a scholar, we have a share God's um, plan and God's wisdom with the masses. And what was that second one? A watchman. A watchman. That's very important, folks, watchman. And that's one that is so overlooked, underrated, but yet so valuable to God. It's Ezekiel. Uh, God told Ezekiel, said, you're a watchman. If you see that sword coming, blow the trumpet. 
if you don't blow the trumpet and the people are killed, their blood is on your hands, he said to Ezekiel. However, if you blow that trumpet and they don't listen, their blood is on their head, okay? And so it's important if you're a watchman out there to continue watching, but don't just watch, you've got to warn. <clears throat> this is what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be talking about faith without works. What is it? What does that really mean, faith without works? Okay, does it mean that we're going to have faith, um, but we'll go out and feed the homeless? So therefore our faith is valuable? Nothing wrong with feeding the homeless. There's everything right with feeding the homeless. Uh, is it, uh, uh, it works? Is works part of going out and handing out tracts? Nothing wrong with it, everything right with it. But if you think that is what is going to take the place of your faith, if you think that's the works that, that triggers your faith, I think we may have an eye opener here, okay? Um, faith without works, what is it? What kind of works are we talking about? What kind of works was Jesus talking about? What type of work is it we are really supposed to be doing? And what does it have to do with fear? You see, everything that we are commissioned to do in the body of Christ, whether it's evangelism, watchmen, encouraging, intercessory prayer, it can all be stopped dead in its tracks by a four-letter word, F-E-A-R, fear, that one word, fear, can keep us from witnessing to our family. That fear can keep us from carrying the gospel into the marketplace. That fear can keep us from saying those words that will defend God and not worry about offending man. Fear, that is our enemy. So it's not faith that pleases God. It's not faith that pleases God. And this is what I wanna discuss. I wanna discuss why is it not just faith that pleases God? So stay with me as we talk about this. Shanita, do we have, uh, do we have anybody else chiming in there? Yes, um, Linda is a prayer warrior. Thank you, Linda. And you said you'd like to be a deliverer of evil. <clears throat> yeah, prayer warrior. That's another thing, prayer warrior. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to pray. It's another thing to be praying and you know you're in a war. And hats off to the prayer warriors out there. Man, we're getting all kinds of um, identifications when it comes to the body of Christ. Folks, mm -hmm. it's so important because we're soldiers. Paul talked about this. We are soldiers in the body of Christ. It's so important that we understand what our position is. You know, if you're in the military and you have a position as a fighter pilot, you better be flying the plane. If you're a, a position as a cook, you better be cooking or someone's going to starve to death. If you're a medic, you better be on the front lines taking care of the people physically, the medic. Don't try to fly that plane if you're a cook. Well, I don't want to fly in the plane with you if you're, all you know how to do is cook. So we all have to understand our positions. And you guys are really understanding. It's really a blessing this morning to see so many people 
saying, this is what God's laid in my heart for me to do, and this is my understanding. And there's some out there, if you're like me at times, and if you're like I was continuously at one time, you're saying, David, I'm not sure what my position is. You know, I, 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 I feel like I know, but I can't be 100% sure. I, I'm praying that God will, will unveil that to me. And this morning, that's gonna be my prayer. One of my prayers is for you, that God bestows upon you the knowledge, the understanding, the wisdom of what he has for you, of why you were created, of the plan he had for you before, before you were even conceived in the womb. Wow. So we have to man our post. If we don't man our post, somebody suffers. If you're a watch warrior and you've got to get out there and you got to watch and you're warning and you don't warn, somebody's going to suffer. If you're a prayer warrior and God's called you to go into war, prayer, we're talking hard and heavy prayer and you don't do it, somebody's going to suffer. If you're an encourager, God calls you to encourage, but the fear holds us back, somebody suffers. And this is what I wanna talk about. We're gonna take fear, we're gonna demolish it, we're going to cast it out, and it will not come back. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for being with us this morning. I wanna thank you for your words that you'll speak this morning, not my words, but the words of you from the throne. And those that are spoke by the ones in chat and the ones at home and the ones at work listening right now, that they are your words, Lord, not ours. We make ourselves empty vessels so you can operate through us. Thank you for allowing your son, for transferring the power from your son to us. We receive that power, we acknowledge it, and we are willing to use it. In Jesus' name, and in Jesus' name, any demonic activity, any demons, you are commanded to go in the name of Jesus. We stand on the blood. You are gone. You will not return. Christian struggles. I don't understand the Sunday go to meeting Christians. I don't. I, it confuses me. And I know I get on this bandwagon, but I'm telling you, when I can't work it out in my brain, I have to keep talking about it, folks, because... Sunday after Sunday, and sometimes Saturday, but I'm gonna talk about Sunday, because you got these big six flags over Jesus churches built, and I'm not gonna call them six flags over Jesus anymore, Shanita. I'm gonna call them six flags over Satan, because it is what it is. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Even if it's not a big church, it can be a small church. So let me, and I'm talking to you if you're out there listening. It applies. If you're part of a dying congregation the, of a building that was built 100 years ago and family after family member has passed it down and God is dead, God's not moving, you're doing the same thing today as you were doing 100 years ago, you will be held accountable. You are a Six Flags Over Satan church. Because God's moving and... Because God's moving and you're not. But the Sunday go to meeting crowd that goes to these churches Sunday and they're happy going in and they're happy coming out and this is what 
blows my mind. Now you and I are meeting and we are a church, but we ask God to, to, to re- reveal to us the truth that we want, we want to be healed. We want to be, uh, uh, have, we want wisdom. We want to leave on a different level in which we came in. Exactly. You know, one of the things I really appreciate about our overseas community is the ladies don't wear makeup. And that's significant because I heard once that when you go into church, after you leave, you should look different. You should look like you've been touched by the Holy Spirit. And for me, that usually means tears and smeared makeup. So it's nice that I don't have to feel any pressure to start with makeup since it's going to be a mess at the end of the service. Okay. Well, that's good. So if you wear makeup when you go into church and we repent now, last Sunday we said, where have all the altars gone? Mm. There's no more repentance in church. But if you do repent, there's tears coming down or maybe tears of joy. Which washes away the makeup, so you so you leave different, uh, looking uh, as opposed to how you came in. But let's go back to the Sunday go to meeting uh, people on Sunday, all happy go lucky, gooey, almost like a spiritual airhead. I, I say, what planet are you on? And David, why are you talking about this? Because if you're like me, you guys be honest and chat here. Don't you wonder? How does God feel when he looks down, he sees all these churches on every corner, but yet you see a dead Christian existence? Powerless or preaching a false gospel. When you see a building on every, how does God feel about that? Help me out here, you guys. Is he okay with it? Oh, David, they're, yeah, uh, David, don't worry about it. I'm okay with it. They're just, you know, building some buildings. And they have a, somewhere they have something good in their heart. Kevin in Indiana says, well, some move, but it's just inside their denominations. I don't see them going out in the world and doing what we're called to do. Kevin said that. Good point, Kevin. Let's talk about denominations. If denomination becomes your religion, then you have no relationship mm-hmm. with God. You see, God has to supersede any denomination that exists. And I'll talk to Catholics. I have a family that are Catholics. And I'm, I don't want to pick on Catholics. Matter of fact, I'm going to pick on everybody, but I'm just going to mention Catholics. I talked to a family member of mine, and uh, I talked about Catholicism. And I said, uh, you know, it, it, if you lift Catholicism over over your relationship with Christ. Meaning, if Jesus says do one thing, but Catholicism says do another, then you have made Catholicism your God. Because your God is who you have allegiance to. You can't serve two masters. He said, David, I I don't do that. I always follow Jesus. Well, then I named four things. Then in Catholicism, they are not following the word of God. Well, I Okay, case closed, I'm done. The same with Baptist. I had a Baptist, I was, I'm head of, I was head of a Baptist association and one of the heads of this association uh, uh, because I spoke out about um, sexual perversion and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, marriage between a man and a woman. And, and he actually looked at me, the head of this Baptist association said, 
If I was in the congregation, David, and you preached that, I would have got it and punched you in the nose. What? You would have punched me in the, first of all, you wouldn't punch me in the nose because I'm a back alley preacher. You and I, first of all, you wouldn't be standing. You come, if you did punch me in the nose, it'd be the last punch you ever threw. But can you imagine a guy ahead of a Baptist saying something like that? Oh, I've, I've had it with Methodists too. I was a Methodist pastor, you know? Now, not everybody, but it exists. Unfortunately, it's the status quo. Status quo. All right. What are you talking about? We're talking about Christianity. It's, it, what I'm talking about is not the faith that saves. It's not, let me just say this. I'm gonna say it outright. The opposite of faith is what? Well, what's the opposite of fear? Faith. You see, the opposite of fear is not faith. And this is what Christianity preaches. They preach the opposite of fear is faith. Well, if you get rid of fear, you will have faith. It doesn't work that way. The opposite of fear is courage. You see, you can have all the faith you want, but if you don't have courage, what good is that faith? You say, David, faith is courage. Well, no, wait a minute. You can have faith to do something, but if you never do it, is that faith any good? Well, I don't, well go back to Scripture. Matter of fact, let's do go to Scripture, James 2.26. James 2.26. As the body without the spirit is dead, the body without the spirit is dead, without breath, without life, it's dead. So is faith without deeds, it's dead. See, your deeds is your courage. It's not your faith. The opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is courage. Guy's flying a plane, a fire pilot. His plane just got shot down, it's on fire. Control center says, you better eject immediately. And the pilot says, well, I've got faith to eject, but I don't have the courage to do it. You better eject. That pilot had better eject, have the courage to do it immediately, immediately or he's dead. You see, Faith without courage is a dead faith. Because if you don't use your faith, then what good is that faith? Mm -hmm. Make any sense? Yeah, Betty's sharing how God's purpose for her is a daily thing. Maybe it's giving someone an armor of God challenge coin and witnessing. Or, and I've experienced you doing that. Thank you, Betty. Even yeah. in an elevator and... You're the warrior, you're going out, you're praying, you're giving, you're buying someone's lunch. It's whatever God convicts you to do. He gives everyone different gifts. And we yeah. need to realize, realize and utilize. I like that. Absolutely, <laughs> Betty, you're a, you're a great <laughs> prayer warrior. I never forget the first time I met Betty, she's got different color hair, you know, and I was at a, I did a Bard's Fest. I was speaking at Bard's Fest and she came out and handed me a bottle of water. It was hotter than Hades there. And she gave me a bottle of water. And I thought, 
who's this lady with all this hair? Yeah. And through the years, uh, I've gotten to know this great warrior in Christ, this beautiful, beautiful lady. And I'm telling you, Betty, uh, God has his hand on you. Mm -hmm. He's using you and he's not done with you. He's just beginning. Uh, uh, you, if you knew Betty's background, I've had her on my show, and you saw what she's doing for God and how God is using her, you're going to know there's hope for all of us, including myself, okay? We love you, Betty. Appreciate it. Um, so here's the thing. We want to make sure that we understand that if we don't use our faith, then it's almost better we don't have it. If we don't, if we've been given a gift, you know, my mother, she passed away a couple of weeks ago and I told you she gave me a card. She said, your talent, your talent is your gift from God. But what you do with that talent is your gift back to God. You see, your gift from God is your faith. It's grace. It is a gift. The gift of faith is a gift that's been given us. Do you understand that? It's not you. It's not me. We didn't choose this. The reason we're together and the reason I am sitting here and you're sitting where you are, this is not something we did. It's not something we deserve. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. Your faith. But what happens if you gave someone a gift? Let's say... Uh, uh, for their birthday, or you just gave them a gift. It was all wrapped up and packed. And this happened to me once. I gave someone a gift. It was wrapped up in a bow and package. And, and that gift that I gave them was very important because I wanted them to have this gift. What was inside that box, that gift, Shanita, was very important for me to give to them. But I want to tell you something. I went to their house six months later and I looked over on the shelf of their house and I saw that gift and it was unwrapped. It wasn't even, they didn't even open it. And I said to them, I go, why didn't you open this gift? Why is it still, and you know what they said to me? They said, because the fact you gave it to me, it looks so beautiful, the, the, the bow and the ribbon and the cute little paper. And I just didn't want to open it because I loved the way it looked. And so I set it on my shelf and and I just looked at, at the, and this is what's wrong with Christianity. God has given us a beautiful gift called faith and we have not opened the package. We've set it on a mantle of religion and we're not using it. God wants us to open that box right now. Right now, I want each and every one of you, everyone has a, a, a box, a gift God's given them uh, it, because faith comes in levels. Okay, just because he gave you your, your little box there and you opened it last year doesn't mean you don't have another one there you need to open. Right now, I want you to open your box because in that box is another level of your faith. In that box is another level of your faith. Now, it's fear that's the opposite of courage. But what enacts faith, what flips the switch on faith, what makes faith work is courage. So when you're fearful and you don't, you, you're afraid to go into the workplace, you're afraid to witness to your family, you're afraid to stand up for God, it's not your faith that's gonna make you do it. It's the courage. 
But what happens is the courage, when you take that step, Jesus, one of his disciples was walking on water. Jesus was walking on water. Disciples, disciples saw him walking on water. He wanted to come to Jesus, Jesus calling him. He steps out on the water, Sunita, what happens? As soon as he took his eyes off the Lord. He took his eyes off the Lord, but what happened to him? Inside came fear. He was was walking on water, right? Mm -hmm. So the minute fear came in, did he sink? Did he start going down? Boom. You see, the minute we let fear come into our lives, we start sinking. But as long as we can catch, we got some great chat here. I wish I could see it and talk at the same time. What do we got going here? Well, Kevin says, Daniel and Linda, the unbelievers are watching us to see whether our faith is actually real. And Kevin says, I find it hard to do what needs to be done in the body without the body. Yeah. So that's about meeting together personally and worshiping. Man, uh, Kevin, Kevin said that. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, brother. That's why God called me, said, David, Sunday morning, um, I want this to be a time where you all can come together. And let me explain something to you. Uh, I don't agree with the Sunday morning, you know, Constantine thing and all that. that. Every day of the week we meet, okay? We have a Monday night gathering at 7 p.m., which I want you guys to join me. We have an in-person on Friday night, the beginning of Shabbat. Come join me in person. We have this time. So... We are together because God um, told me. He said, David, I'm bringing my body together. I want you to be a part of that. And by the way, you're a part of it because you're here. Without you, there'd be no together. It'd just be me sitting looking at myself on a screen. That's not something I enjoy. Um, But you're so right, Kevin. We need the body. We need to come together as a body. We need to support support one another. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he was in the garden. He could have went to the Father with any request. He did, he said, please have this cup removed if you can, talking about going to the cross. But that was a very short statement. That finally went away. Then he, he went on and on about, Father, let my disciples which you've given me, those which you've given me, be as one, just like you and I are one, that we can all be one. Then he went on to talk about you and I, the future. He said, those that will be converted, those that will follow me because of the ones you have given me, talking about his disciples, that's you and I. He said, let us all be one, Father, just as you and I are one. God is pleased when we come together and we become as one body. When we we are together in agreement, and it's not, we don't agree on every little syllable in scripture, but we agree that we must follow the truth of God. We must worship in truth and in spirit. Truth is not going A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Truth is a journey. And this is what we ask God. We ask God, God, take us on this journey. But whatever, bring us together as a family. Let us stay together. Let us be bonded. Bonded. Bonding, like glue. What does it mean really to trust God? And are we trusting God? Hmm. And if we're trusting God today, will we trust God tomorrow? You see, for anyone, including myself, that says, yes, I'm trusting God today and I will trust God tomorrow. Uh Uh-uh, be careful. Be careful. 
Did the cock crow three times after Jesus went to the cross? I'm gonna give you guys a Bible quiz. What disciple was it that said, I will never deny you, I'm paraphrasing. Anybody? Let me know. There was a disciple that said that. <laughs> Jesus said, really? <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> you will. So we have to be careful that when we say we will tomorrow, no, we stand on God's, on the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yep. Tony and Linda and Betty and Shelley and Sparkmaker and Daniel, they all know. Who is it? Peter. Peter, that's right. Peter was so confident. Oh, don't worry, Lord. I will. I, really, Peter? Um, let me just share something with you, Peter. Uh, not only will you not stick with me, follow me, but you're going to deny me. So we need to stand on the blood of Jesus. We need to plead the blood of Jesus. We need to eat carpet on our face. We need the altar. Constant repentance, okay? How do we continue to walk in courage? Or are we in neutral? Are there some out there that have been like I've been, and, and I and sometimes am, where you're spinning your wheels in the mud, just seem like you're not getting anywhere? I've been there, been done that. Let's go to John 14, 1. John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, this troubled is not saying don't be sad. This trouble, he's saying don't be discouraged. Don't be disappointed. Don't be scared because he was leaving. Their whole world was about to be shattered. He said, don't let your, this troubling is an anxiety. It's a deep anxiety. It's a fear. But then he wanted to say, you believe in God. Yes, they did believe in God because they were Jews. They believed in God. Jesus knew they believed in God. But then Jesus also, and here's the key, believe also in me. I said, David, I've heard that a lot of times. I mean, believe, believe in Jesus, I can do that. But hang on for a second. Let's talk about this. You see, their foundation was God. They were Jews. But you see, something new had come into the picture. A little baby had been born, raised into a man. The man had been walking the face of the earth, saying that the only way you can now get to the Father is through me, talking about Jesus. It was a way that they really were trying to adjust to. And what's happening today? You see, we have Christianity that, have, that has baked the same turkey, put the same kind of turkey in the oven for centuries and baked it the same way so we grow up thinking that the turkey is always baked like this. And it's not, it has nothing to do with God. Why am I talking about Turkey? Because we're coming up on Thanksgiving. But seriously, there's a story about the woman who would fix a turkey in the oven and she'd cut the tail end of the turkey off. Just, 
And it's like a third of the turkey be gone. And uh, well, the daughter asked the mother, so why, why, why are you doing that? Why are you cutting the tail end of the turkey off and putting it in the oven? Mother said, well, that's the way my grandmother did it. That's the way her grandmother did it. Oh, does it taste better that way? Well, it must because they always cut the tail end of the turkey off. But you see, the real truth was, if you go back in time and research their ancestors, the reason they cut the tail end of the turkey is because the ovens they had back then wasn't big enough to put a full turkey in. And this is the problem with Christianity, that religion has turned it into a denomination, into a tradition, into a way that has nothing to do with the things of God. And God is saying, I'm done with it. I have sent them a delusion now, meaning they're now being turned over. But he's also saying to his elect, which is you and me, I'm bringing you together now as a body to not let tradition rule, not let religion rule, not let denomination rule. But God is saying, let me rule. Stop cutting the tail end of that turkey off. Put the whole darn thing in the oven and cook it. See, we're so tied up in what they did yesteryear that we don't even know what we're doing tomorrow. And, and, and we're done with it, aren't we? Aren't we? Yes, we are. So let's get back to what did Jesus mean when he said, believe also in me? Well, see, the demons believed in Jesus. They believed in Jesus. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have thrown themselves on the ground and said, holy son of God, what do you want? want with they knew who he was. But did they believe Jesus? Did they follow Jesus? You see, this is where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. It's not believing in Jesus. It's believing Jesus to the point where we will follow Jesus. We will obey Jesus. I did the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I ask people, please do not sing this song unless you mean it. Because when you decide to follow Jesus, there's things that happen. You create enemies. You have family issues. Your family will be divided if you follow Jesus. You will have demonic attacks if you follow Jesus because you become a dangerous object to the enemy. He will bring sickness against you. He will place bitterness into your mind. There will be loneliness, but let me tell you something. Greater is he that's in me, Christ, than he who's in the world. You will prevail. You bust all these things, you obliterate them back into the pits of hell, and they will not return. So I'm not telling you you're defeated. I'm telling you what you will face as a warrior for God. If a general was saying, or a lieutenant was saying to his outfit, don't worry about it. You got your armor on, you got your, your helmet, your gun, but you're not gonna have to shoot anybody. Nobody's gonna try to shoot at you. 
You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You're a soldier, but you're not going to have any. Well, he'd be out of his mind. Folks, when you sign up to be a real soldier for God, you will have attacks. And they'll come in the places of the armor that are the most susceptible. Where the armor is the weakest is where the enemy will attack. And that's why we must stand and be covered in the blood of Jesus. Because let me tell you something, you're a winner. You are a conqueror, and so am I. So this is not a message of hopelessness. It's a message of hope and power, love and a sound mind. Jesus talked to his disciples. He said, believe in me. So when you believe in Jesus, when Jesus says do something that's radical, which, and that's why we have legalized Jesus. We have the legalized Jesus t-shirts because people go, oh, well, you're talking about China? No, I'm talking about everywhere in the world. Jesus is illegal. And if you stand on the things of Jesus, you will find it does not coincide with the ways of man. This is why you can have people going to church on Sunday, all hunky-dory, singing, I'll be home for Christmas, roasting walnuts on an on a open fire. This is why you can do this, because they don't believe in Jesus to the point of obeying Jesus. But David, you don't understand. My church has this awesome worship band, and, and I can, I'm worshiping Jesus. I've got my hands in the air. I'm saying, thank you, God, for, you know, for uh, loving me and for letting me be, uh, you know, so uh, carefree. Get out of here. God's not saying that at all. Be carefree. He's saying, let not your heart be troubled by believing in me, by following me in me, following me. When we follow Jesus, when our fear turns to courage and our courage enacts that faith and we actually do what God says for us to do, that's when our heart will no longer be troubled. Because I say, bring it on, baby. Bring it on. And Satan knows that, Shanita, Abe. He knows, Satan wakes up and goes, well, wait a minute, hold on. What, 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 what did that wimpy Christian just say? Uh, and the devil next to him says, they said, bring it on. And the devil goes, well, what does that mean, bring it on? That means that they don't care anymore what the world thinks. They care more about what God thinks. And Satan says, oh, we got a problem. You better believe you have a problem. Because when God's people stand up finally in these last days, which is what we're doing now, we say we do not care what the world thinks. We stand on the blood of Jesus. If, if the father would look down and he sacrificed his son for you and I with tears in his eyes and had to turn away and let his son go into the pits of hell, don't you think that you and I owe him the respect and the love of saying, Father, I will stand with you all the way to the end. They love not their lives. They were willing to die. And there's two kinds of death. There's the death in the body. And there's many Christians right now across the world dying for their faith. They're martyrs. But there's also dying on a daily basis 
I'm willing to let my old man die because I want my new man to be revived. I want the mind of Christ to be renewed. And maybe that's where you are now. We have to trust him. We have to trust him. I want to do a song for you this morning and people go, David, you do these old um, hymns and I want to explain something to you about the old hymns. You see, a lot of these modern day songs that are written, not all of them, but a lot of them, because I'm a songwriter. This is a business, folks. They write these songs and they look, oh, look how people in, in these Six Flags Over Jesus churches are loving this kind of melody and doing this kind of thing. And so they write these copycat songs. That's why if you listen to this stuff, a lot of times you go, I can't tell one from the other. Every once in a while, something will stick out. And it's a business. They make a lot of money off these songs. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big business. I don't want to do those songs. I want to do the old hymns because back then there was no money to be made. Back then they, these melodies were actually barroom melodies they took out of, out of saloons because people could remember the melody, they were simple, and they put words to them, which I believe a lot of these words were given to them by God. Not all, not all, I don't agree with all, every song, but I'm talking about the foundation. And a lot of these songs are public domain, which means when I play it, uh, no one is really getting paid, which I think that's the way it should be. But when I'm playing a modern day song, someone is getting paid, and that someone could be the Antichrist because I think the Antichrist owns the Christian music industry. That's another, uh, that's another uh, topic we'll cover sometime. So I like doing the old hymns. They mean a lot to me. My dad used to sing them when I was a kid. It brings back memories. My mom, I just lost uh, two weeks ago. and She loved to hear these songs. And possibly you've lost a loved one who has sent these songs to you or you've heard him sing. And if you'll join me in this song, it's called Only Trust Him. And as we sing it, let's, let's understand that only trust him does not mean that only believe in him. Only trust him means that we enact we use courage to enact our faith. That it's not just trusting, it's not just words. Father, it's us telling you that we have now stepped, yes, we're still scared, Lord, but we're stepping out in faith in, with courage. And it is our faith that enables us to do what we do, but we understand that the opposite of fear is courage because without courage, our faith would be of no value. And we thank you for that gift of faith that you've given us. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him now. He will save you, He will save you, He will save you now. Come every soul, 
and sin oppressed there's mercy with the Lord and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word only trust him only trust him only trust him now he will save you he will save you he will save you he will save you now for jesus shed his precious blood rich blessings to bestow plunge now into that crimson flood that washes bright as snow everybody sing it only trust him only trust him only trust him only trust him now he will save you he will save you he will save you he will save you now yes jesus is the truth the way that leads you into rest believe in him without are fully blessed as we sing this only trust him he will save you there's two kinds of salvation there's a salvation unto eternity and the salvation on a day-to-day -day basis to be saved from heartache to be saved from the tribulation to be saved from satan's attack and no matter where you are this song is for you because only trust him you say, David, I don't know the Lord, but I want to trust Him. God sees you right now. He sees you right where you are. Just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I know that the only way to heaven, the only way to you is through your son, Jesus Christ you put on the cross to die just for me congratulations your name is in the book of life only trust him only trust him only trust him now he has saved you he has saved you This holy band on on to glory we go to dwell in that celestial land where joys immortal flow. Everybody sing it. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. 
save you. He will save you. He will save you now. Now that those out there that are struggling with family issues, you got family that's not saved this morning. If they were to die right now, they would go to hell for eternity. And you've been praying for them. And we're praying for you and praying for them. That God has now given you the courage and the words to do what must be done. For those of you struggling with sickness, God is healing you this morning. He's saving you. As your body is cleansed, as your body is renewed, perhaps you're lonely. God's fulfilling you right now with the supernatural, the supernatural comfort. And there's those out there that have been attacked by demons. We're standing with you and we come against the pits of hell on your behalf. We send the demons back to hell and they are not to return. Because God's body sticks together. No matter where you are, God is saving you right now. No matter where you are on a daily basis. On hourly, moment, every second. We're standing with you. Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. For He has saved us, He has saved us, He has saved us now. Praise God. I hope God's touched you the way he's touched me. You know, every time I gather with you all, um, God blesses me. You're, you're a blessing to me. You're a blessing to this ministry. And I want to tell you something. I learn so much when I'm together with you all. Why? Because you're the true body. And see, when the true body is together, it all works together. But when I try to go into a place, into a church that is not, you know, not all in for Jesus, I don't feel like I'm part of that body. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm an organ operating independently. I, I feel like I'm lost, but when I'm with you, I feel like I'm found. I feel like uh, I have a family. And so I just wanna thank you guys for your prayers, your encouragement. Um, and how valuable it is to meet with you guys like this. Um, if you would like to pray for us and get involved in the ministry, I'd like to invite you to do this at this time. Um, you can go to davidhevener.tv forward slash give. Um, we, uh, we survive only on the gifts from God's people. We don't have some corporate sponsor um, I, we don't have deep pockets. Uh, we live day by day, um, but that's the way God planned it, and I'm okay with it. But I have to let you know that um, we depend on your prayers and your donations. So if you'd like to donate, you can text the word CHOSEN to 91999, 
or go to davidhebner.tv forward slash give, or you can call 844-806-0006. We also, too, if you go to our site, uh, we have all kinds of different things um, that's of value. I think the End Times Investigation DVD. And Shanita, we also have the Last Evangelist DVD. Um, Yeah, and someone called yesterday and said she'd like to order it because she was talking about end times with friends who weren't buying it, but she wanted to use this as a tool to help express. Amen. If you're talking to someone, they're not buying end times. (laughs) When I say buying it, they're not believing it. Get this DVD because it, 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 eight hours of me interviewing people like L.A. Marzulli, the great, late, great Russ Dizdar, Michael Lake, Lisa Haven. I mean, it goes on and on. And we talk about all of these things that's so important in these last days. Uh, Illuminati, New World Order, and Satanism, demonic uh, um, influences, there's signs and symbols today, the Antichrist, and what we need to look for. Um, and also my two new books, um, don't forget those. Um, and I want everybody to have these copies. I mean, I wish I could just give them away free, and I, I pray the day will come, I can just send you guys a book. Uh, that's true power, how to use your true power in these last days. And here's the End Times Investigation book. Um, it's the story of my life in Hollywood, Hollywood mind control, and the demonic attacks, how I saw angels and demons, program multiples, astral projection, goes on and on. But I consider you a part, a valuable part of this ministry. I hope you consider us a part of your family. Um, join us every Sunday morning for as long as the Lord will allow and until he comes back, uh, join us Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and also join us in person 7 p.m. Friday night uh, here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. If you want the address, you can always uh, text us. Also, um, Shanita, I have to tell everybody about uh, DavidHevener.tv because it's a platform that we have, and some people are watching on it now, God's given us, that we have over 800 videos that I've done, things you won't see anywhere else, and if you go to davidhevener.tv, you will support the ministry by signing up. Um, and we have live events there. I'm gonna be doing things there. I won't be doing other places, okay? So please go to davidhevener.tv. You can watch Last Evangelist there, uh, davidhevener.tv. And um, all right, I love you guys. Shanita, any parting words before we, any prayer request uh, before we go? Any praise reports? Mm. Um, yeah, let me get all those prayer requests. You can email to admin at davidhevener.tv and we will share those tomorrow evening. Okay, do we have any prayer requests now? Um, Go ahead, go ahead. Kevin says, thank you, David. You're hitting the nail on the head. I appreciate the prayers. Linda, please pray for my unsaved loved ones. Okay, Linda, unsaved loved ones. Okay, all right. And uh, Kevin, thank you for your encouragement. Appreciate that. Thank all of you all for your encouragement. Yes. And Kevin says, I lost my mother two years ago. It still hurts. May the Lord bless you. Yahweh bless you, David. Yeah. Tony says, I needed this today. Thank you. Oh, who said that? Tony in England. Oh, Tony. Hey, Tony in England. Good to hear from you. Thank you. God bless you. Um, well, let me know if you have any prayer requests. You can send them david at davidhevener.com or david admin at davidhevener.tv. We will be praying for you. We have over 600 prayer warriors. Um, And before we go, any last moment request? Okay. Lord, thank you for loving us. We approach the throne 
And we thank you for, for these wonderful, perfect words that you've spoken tonight, Lord. Thank you for using each and every one of us to be part of your body. We honor you, we fear you, and we praise you. Mm -hmm. I pray for Linda, for her unsaved loved ones. I ask that you bring a supernatural understanding upon these loved ones of hers. Pray for Kevin that the hurt of his mother from mm -hmm. years ago is turned into tears of joy, just like my tears have turned into joy for you, Father. And I know Betty out there, is, we've been praying for her loved ones. I'm gonna pray for you, Betty. I'm asking for a supernatural event. We're praying, Lord, that more people will come into the kingdom in these last days. We know that, and we understand that we are someone's last evangelist. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. I want to give God glory for healing you, and thank you to everyone who's been praying. You are on the mend. Yep. And we're believing that you uh, don't need surgery next week. That's right. Um, praying that God, thanking God he's healed me of this congestion and Shanita, and, and a lot of you guys out there have been battling with this. And in two weeks, I have to go have cataract surgery. Okay? Now, and I'm going to do a, a, a sermon on this, I think next week, the week after, how too many Christians have cataracts, they can't really mm -hmm. see spiritually, spiritual cataracts, but I'm praying that God is going to heal my cataracts. Now, I hope you pray with me and for me, that God's gonna heal my cataracts so I don't have to have the surgery, and it's not just for me so I don't have the surgery, that's not it, but it's so that the, the, so that the eye doctor will go in there the day of the surgery and look and go, this man has no cataracts. They are gone. See, I'm praying for that miracle because I want God to be glorified. Amen. Then I'm gonna jump up from the chair and I'm gonna dance around the room and people are gonna think I'm crazy. I'm gonna go, thank you, Lord, for healing me. See, I'm believing that can happen, okay? I'm believing it can happen. And I wanna believe so. even a step further that you would just have 20-20 vision and not need readers, not oh, yeah. need... Absolutely, that I won't even wear... No more stigmatism. No glasses, no stigmatism. Let me know how I can pray for you guys. Send me that email at admin at davidheavener.tv. Do you have eye issues? We want to pray for you. That, that God heals. If, you, if you're near... And here's the other thing, and we, then we got to go. I've been nearsighted all my life, Shanita. There's those out there that are like me. You're legally blind uh, or you're farsighted. You, know, you, you can't see close. You can't... Why do we accept this? Why don't we ask God to heal our eyes and give us perfect vision? All right? We can do it. We can believe it. Now, I've prayed over it, but have I really believed it? After hearing God's word this morning, I'm going to go back to the, my knees on the throne to the altar and say, God, renew my mind of Christ. I know you can do things that I just never believed before. All right. Love you guys. Appreciate you. God bless you all.